Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Brewroots, where we tell the stories behind your favorite beer. This is Sound Guy Ryan, and joining me, as always, is Matt and Erica. That's right, Erica's here. What? Do, do, do. I'm here. She finally learned how to swim out of the wine. I did. It took me a while. There's a lot of grapes, a lot of vines to get through. And you're here. But I'm here. You, you're, you're, the pigment of your skin is more red now <laughs> because it's <laughs> the wine juices. Yeah, you're stained. But that's okay. Yeah. You look, you look good. <laughs> I'm happy oh, for you. I'm alive. That's yeah. cool. Um, <laughs> we, we held it down for three weeks without you. So proud of you guys. We could, you great. Yeah, Ryan was like, he's always spot on. Spot no, on. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. We, uh, we have a great episode this week. We yeah, do. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. First time <laughs> in this state. That's Go. Great. Rhode, Rhode Island. Island, yeah. Booyah. <laughs> oh, sh- shit. I should have been like, what is Rhode Island or who is Rhode Island for Jeopardy yeah. rules? Right? Absolutely. Oh, so you don't get your points. No, you did not lose. get your points. We, none of us got our no, points. No. Shit. <laughs> oh. Damn it. Oh. Well, yeah, so we're in Rhode Island, which is awesome. Um, people can stop telling us that you need to go to Rhode Island. And yes, we are going to go to Connecticut so we can finally yeah. say we We've went to every New state in New England <laughs> yes. and not claim to be a New England <laughs> podcast. Yes. Um, but... Woonsocket, awesome little um, location for a small little brewery. Yeah, no, it's just over the border, too. So if you are in, you know, southern Massachusetts, you should take a trip. It's not far. It's not far at all. And uh, Sean over at Lops is a super nice guy. And they have a really great variety of beer. They do. For, like, their small tap list, I think they have eight beers on tap. Um, They had had a barley wine. Great variety. Yeah, they had had a barley barley wine. wine. (laughs) Um, That was awesome. I think they had, like, a seltzer kind of thing. They had, like, a rattler. They had, like, a bunch of different stuff when we were down there. They had Uh, a pumpkin beer. Yeah. I'm going to just throw this out there. Like, I love German-style tap rooms with the long tables, but I really have been learning to love the bar room style of a, of a tap room which this has yeah it's nice it's very cozy and quaint and like i feel like outside of COVID times <laughs> you'd go there and just be like you just be chill you'd like yeah. talk to everyone and you'd like just hang out yeah uh true family operation so you're gonna learn a lot about it and um you're kind of gonna fall in love with sean like we did Duh. Uh, but I do have to say, I've been drinking a lot of this other Rhode Island brewery. Ooh. And if you follow us on Instagram, you probably know who they are. So I've been drinking a lot of the Narragansett Fest beer because it's fall season. It's officially fall now. We're in fall season. And in my opinion, best beer. Fest beer. Fest beer. <laughs> fest beer. Yeah. Best beer, fest beer. Best beer, yeah. Yes. And uh, we went to, Ryan and I, we went to Sylvaticus. We did. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. I didn't see you. That's cute. Yeah, I, you were there in the afternoon, yep. and I got there in the evening. Did you get a Stein? I did. I got a Stein. I got a Stein and a shirt <gasps> and two four-packs that wow. no longer exist. Oh my God. <laughs> I got a, a barrel-aged fest beer from last year, and Ryan, we have to crack open. I think, Erica, we should do this on an episode upcoming. We should crack open the 2019 variant that Ryan has versus the uh, 2020 variant that I have. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm into it. Um, and in other news, I, cra- I finally kegged the Brave News, Brave Noise beer that uh, Erica, myself, awesome. Jenna, and my awesome. girlfriend brewed. And it's very good. I bet. Um, went to Notch over the weekend and tried it out to compare their Brave Noise with mine. Theirs is better. They're yeah. brewing on a professional yeah. system. <laughs> uh, I can't say we didn't brew with a professional brewer. We did. But um, there's certain things you can't control. Uh, so we got good temperature, but uh, I don't think I let it hop like dry hop as well long mm. um so they suggest in the recipe two days i did a day and a half mm. uh, so it is lacking yeah. a little why bit didn't you follow the directions matt 
This is what happens when you don't follow directions. I just men are really good at not yeah. following directions. Yeah, true, true. Matt has um, a beer. I wasn't a part of this. Yeah, I, I I just didn't want it as hoppy as the other ones, which I think is okay. Beer is stylistic, right? Like I, but I made sure. a decision. I'm sorry. But it said <laughs> two days. Gosh, no, it's good. It's good. Uh, got the carbonation perfectly. Did a CO2 transfer, so no risk of oxidation. So uh, awesome. Our spike brewing system is fucking awesome. I have to say that vessel is like the best thing in the world. Oh yeah, the fermenter that you yeah the fermenter it's really good nice yeah. can't wait to try it yeah come on over yeah yeah okay, well so I think we should go to the episode oh yeah too. yeah but if you want us to go across the country to go to other breweries far and wide how can far they and do wide. that go to www.patreon.com forward slash brews podcast that's also very true you know you can buy us a beer buy one of our t-shirts and we might even be doing a spaghetti sticker maybe even a spaghetti sticker <laughs> spaghetti about it. All right, well, enjoy this episode with Lops. We love you. Cheers. 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 Matt. Erica. Sean. Do, do, do. What? Welcome. Welcome. Dun, dun, dun. We have listened. And we have taken action. We are in a state that we got a lot of shit for not coming to because <laughs> we went to other states such as... Uh, you live so close. Alaska uh, and, you know, yeah. Hawaii. Yes. But we didn't physically drive to those places or fly. I mean, we wanted to. Yeah, but I wanted to drive. Or, I mean, I'll fly here, whatever. It's just expensive <laughs> if somebody wants to pay for it. But uh, we've been wanting to come to the state for a while. Yes. Um it's it's a neighboring state of ours. It's, yeah. Why did it take this long, Erica? You schedule things. You know, I, it's a great question. It's, you know, I schedule I, things. I don't too, know. So it's, 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 it's equal for. <laughs> but you know what? We're here now. Where are we? We're in Rhode Island. Specifically. Specifically. Woonsocket. Yes. At? Lops. That, you pronounce it like Lops, right? Exactly. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know what? That's how I've been saying it, but yeah. I should double check. Just like Hops. Hops, Lops. Hops, Lops. I like that. Lops, <laughs> Where was Sean? What's up, Sean? Uh, things are going great. Yeah. How are you today? Awesome. We're it's good. good. It's, uh, good. You know, it's getting to the end of summer. and uh, Got you know, beautiful weather out Beautiful today. weather. I'm excited for fall. We're, best beers come out in fall, in my opinion, too. We're, we're getting to brewery season. Yeah. It's exactly. the best. Uh, so, Sean, yeah. we... Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah, so, Sean, we start all of our podcasts by asking our guests their first memory of beer in the role at the brewery. Sure. Um, so my name is Sean Lopolito. I'm the owner. Uh, and Lops, that's where it comes from, I bet. <laughs> the owner and, and head brewer at Lops. Um, yep. Lops is, uh, was a placeholder till we thought of a, <laughs> a better name. A better name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Never came up with uh, we yeah. ran out of time. Yeah. And so uh, uh, Lops is my 16-year-old son's nickname. And so that oh, that's cool. nice. kind of stuck and it is what it is. Cool. Love it. Um, so... Uh, that's, I guess, me. Uh, I'm sorry. What was the the other part? first memory of beer? <laughs> first memory of beer. Yes, maybe maybe I've had too many. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> uh, so, uh, first memory was really um, at um, my aunt's house in Cambridge. So I grew up in Burlington, Mass. Uh, most of my family was from Cambridge, and they drank uh, the seven ounce Lone Brow uh, ponies. I don't nice. know if you yeah, yeah. are old enough to remember those. Not sure I quite not, remember not them. Not old but enough, but I know people have talked about them. My dad being one of them. So, yeah. Yes. And so I equated that with what beer was. And, you know, I got to high school and college and realized that nobody else except for Gore Street and Cambridge ever drank 
seven ounce ponies. Yeah. Uh, so that was my first introduction to beer, and then in college, it was a lot of Natty Light, a lot yep. of Coors Extra Dirt, a lot of, Definitely. you know, standard college beers, and kind of my introduction to the craft scene was through uh, Pete's Wicked Ale, mm. uh, Sam, yep. Harpoon, uh, really the only ones that were large enough for a distribution mm. into the, the Rhode Island scene. That's where I went to college. Uh, and then from there, really... Um, kind of converted over from a you know natty Bud Light drinker into really pretty much craft beer only uh, in the late 90s and then into the the 2000s. What was the first kind of craft beer that kind of opened your eyes? Other than like pizza, blew your mind. Yeah, yeah, that blew your mind. That blew my mind. Oh, great question. Uh, probably the original uh, Dogfish Head. Really, they kind of mm-hmm. started coming out yeah. with still a good uh, one too. 60, yeah. 60, 90, 120. Yeah. I didn't realize that you can make hops um, stand out that way because um, all, almost all the craft beers in the area were more um, pale ale uh, or lager-centric. So yeah. getting that first IPA and have it be dogfish where the hops were so prominent was really eye-opening. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned college. You, you, I'm, I'm guessing you didn't go to college for brewing or anything like that. What was the, what was the original plan and how did you deviate from it? Uh, so I uh, went to Providence College, um, graduated there in the 90s, um, got my MBA from Providence, uh, did a little over 20 years in finance. Um, sounds on, like a prison sentence. On like, the, yeah, I did yeah. like a little 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it kind, kind of was. Uh, yeah, so it did a hard time. Yeah, a little over 20 years in various finance roles uh, on the insurance side, um, uh, segued over to starting my own management consulting firm, which I did for about seven years, and then decided that I didn't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Didn't want to do consulting, didn't want to do finance, <laughs> didn't want to do any of it, wow. and I uh, had home brewed for about 10 years. Yeah. And... You know, tried to match up what I thought I could do from a skill set standpoint and where I could actually make a living yep. and settled on opening a brewery. Uh, it was a little eye-opening for my wife to, to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I'm bet. She's been incredibly supportive. <laughs> Good for her. She's a saint. Uh, home brewing. Uh, obviously, you're probably starting on five barrel, a plastic bucket, brewing a barrel kind of system. Five um, gallons. Yeah, five gallons. Thank you. So close. Thank you, Erica. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, when did it become less of a hobby and more of like a, a passion? Uh, pretty soon after I started. Um, it's one of the things, probably similar to, to those who golf, where you start out with the basics and very soon after, you need all the gadgets. <laughs> right. Uh, you don't know, sure. necessarily know uh, how to use them. But you need them. But you need them. Yeah. And... Um, that was a you know a consistent um, theme in terms of you know, started with the the brew and brew in a box, um, segued over to the all grain, and then really went from five gallons up to at the end doing uh, thirty gallon batches. Oh, nice. Cool. Did you? Uh, what was? How were you able to like solicit feedback? Ryan, Eric, and myself are home brewers. Everyone tells us our beers the best, so we're gonna go into business. <laughs> but I mean, on, honestly, like. <laughs> No, that's a joke. No, but it's really tough Yeah, to but like, how do you get honest feed, feedback? Yeah. yeah. So, number one, my wife's really honest. Love so, I uh, got a lot of feedback from her. Uh, 
all of it was constructive. A lot of it I didn't want to hear, but uh, that was a, a big part of it. And well, then just, you know, handing out beers to, to friends or at family gatherings and just getting their reaction. And then what I would do certainly towards the last couple of years was get a commercial, a commercial version of what I was trying to brew and just taste test. Hmm. Yeah, you know, to see, all right, here's what I'm looking to do. Here's the hops that I used, uh, where possible, to find the same style that was using the same hops, and to see, you know, how close, um, how close were they? Yeah, yeah, it's a good way to go about that. I see you stand out. Yeah, back up. How many of the brews that you were brewing, um, the home brews, are Lops brewing beers today? Um, zero. Oh, really? Wow. Really? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Nice. Is there a reason for that, or just you know, just like you're on a bigger system now, and you're like, yeah, I can't scale them up, or you don't want to scale them up? It, so what generally happened with, on with the home brewing, at least from my standpoint, was you gravitated to what turned out better in a home brewing environment, and mm-hmm. so that was usually porters, stouts. Mm-hmm. Um, had some trouble with the IPAs, just with the equipment and the, the dry hopping and yeah. the yeah, limitations, yeah. And the oxidation involved, like all of that. Um, so with the better equipment, with the better, you know, procedures, um, it was time to, to start over. So, um, all of the, you know, the recipes that I had done, I scrapped and, and started from scratch. Yeah. What was a uh, day one lineup for you? For beers? Uh, so the day one lineup, uh, was a, uh, Villanovan coffee porter, Ooh. uh, Mountie Red Ale, uh, Newport, New England IPA, uh, Block Island, uh, which was a kind of like a session um, hybrid IPA. And what was number five? Great question. Um, Oh, geez. We'll come to it. No big deal. No big deal. Uh, When did you open, by the way? Uh, July of 2019. So we just had our second year anniversary. A couple years. Nice. Well, congrats on still being here. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Yeah. you've survived the worst that could ever happen, right? (laughs) It'd be embarrassing if I failed now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. Um, Some of those, are those still some of the flagships that you have in in rotation? Uh, Yeah. So all of them um, uh, are still in rotation. the Villanova Coffee Porter and the Newport New England IPA um, are on um, probably six months out of the year. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, the first year, um, we had beers that were on all the time. Um, starting with the, the pandemic and the need to, you know, really bring people into yeah. the takeout business right. really started to rotate and to bring out new beers every time. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of a mix of um, old standards and new beers. Yeah. With the fall coming around, and obviously as of this moment, right, where we're interviewing you, things are, are open, people are coming in and out. Um, do you have plans for, like, Oktoberfest beers, or do you have plans for, you know, those pumpkin spice beers that everyone well, loves? Well, he has a yeah, pumpkin yeah. beer on tap right now. You do? Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah, so we have a pumpkin spice ale. Uh, that is, um, you know, there's another, there are third, um, August into September. It's generally the best selling beer. Really? Uh, people love Everyone pumpkin Everyone loves spice. a good pumpkin beer, yeah. yeah. Especially with the sugar rim. Yeah, Ryan yeah. loves them, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and each year it comes out a week earlier. 
Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. It's funny. It's I saw that. I've noticed. Uh, <laughs> not to throw it out to like Harpoon, but I saw their their shipyard pumpkin head like seltzer in June. Or yeah, July. that came out like a month ago, right? Like, are you kidding me? This is crazy. <laughs> Every year it's going to be pretty soon. It'll just be like, oh, it's out. It'll be a year round yeah. thing. <laughs> yep. So, so we have um, pumpkin spice ale on tap. Uh, we'll have um, our Oktoberfest, which we call Loptoberfest. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, we'll come out September twelfth, and then through September and October, we have a uh, cranberry ale um, that we brew in conjunction with a local hop farm. Oh, cool. Uh, we'll have uh, Friar Bach, uh, which is a uh, Munich Dunkel. Yeah. Um, and then we'll bring back the espresso peanut butter porter. Mm. Mm. Nice, nice. So where do you, you get some of these inspirations for some of these beers? Is it customer-driven or is it something like you're driving home from work and you're like, man, espresso peanut butter would be dope. Like, I want that, you know? Like, <laughs> I think some of it is, is customer-driven. Uh, customers are not shy about you know, we want this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it really, that's yeah, exactly yep. how it goes. Yeah. Uh, What's the weirdest one you've gotten? The weirdest one I've gotten? Um, a lot of sour variations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah Very popular right now. In, yeah. Yeah. Some with flavors that I'd never heard of. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm saying, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll look into that and I'm Googling on the side. Like, I what haven't heard this? of that ingredient. Yeah. That doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right. <laughs> Make it with Buzz Lightyear. What was that? <laughs> yeah. But um, but back to, like, inspiration. Yeah, where do you get it from? I think it's, you know, taste testing in the industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, even bef- you know, well before opening, um, love to visit breweries, love to, to drink beers. And a lot of it is um, visiting breweries that are not in Rhode Island or not necessarily in Massachusetts. Yeah. Know, whether it's to Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, New York. And seeing what's uh, what's out there and what's mm. popular, but also you know what tastes good, and then trying to you know think through if I you know up in New Hampshire at uh, Schilling, which is yeah. a, oh, one know, of the best, yeah, a leader in the yeah. in the the lager business, and you know each time that I go up there and you know I try certain things, I think through you know is this something that I can brew? Is this something that I can sell? Um, 800 beers of, <laughs> yeah. which you know, yeah. becomes a big consideration and making sure. sure that I can sell them through in a le- reasonable time frame to keep them fresh. And then just sit down and start drawing out the recipe. You know, I'll have the, the basics of what I think went into whatever this brew is that I'm trying to to, to not necessarily replicate, but, but getting inspiration Similar. from. Yeah. And um, from, you know, from there... It's, you know, never on my side, never a sample batch. You know, any time that I brew, it's it's, it's got to work. Yeah, yeah it <laughs> it's got to work, or it, you know, gets dumped. Yeah, that's a tough pill to swallow too if it has to get dumped. All right, so before we get into what's next for you and kind of what you're doing, uh, you know, around the area for community-wise, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Take it away, Sunday Ryan.
And we're back. Ryan would not accommodate my request for random sounds in my ears, but... We tried. Well, as we say, we shall go on. Yes. So um, we're here at Lops. Sean, you said you like to travel around, go to different breweries. You mentioned Schilling. Um, what have you found that's different about the Rhode Island beer scene? And our listeners who aren't even familiar with the Rhode Island beer scene, why don't you tell us a little bit about it, and then we can kind of compare it to other beer scenes around the, the country. Sure. Um, so... And, you know, I'll talk in, in general terms about it. I think on the Rhode Island side, what I see more of is variety within the board. Um, so Small state, know, so it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, sometimes you go to a brewery and they've got 10 beers on tap and they have eight IPAs. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, like that here, too? <laughs> Weird. So what I'm seeing more of on the Rhode Island side is the blended board, and that's really what I try to keep to. Um, so I have eight tap lines. Uh, of course, I'm going to have IPA variations on, but I'm trying to make sure, um, like what's on tap now, we have a sour, we have a seltzer, we have shandy, we have barley wine. Um, oh, wow. So- yeah, you have barley <laughs> yeah. wine, which That's is cool. so cool. You don't oftentimes see that. So, so to try to make it so that, you know, I'm appealing to whoever walks in the door. Yeah. Uh, I know IPAs are incredibly popular, and they often pay the bills, but it's really no fun if you're just brewing IPAs right. all the time. Uh, so what I see on the Rhode Island scene is that balanced board. And I think that that's great for the industry. I think that's great for me that really enjoys uh, the logger Other side when I, yeah. when I go to breweries. Yeah. And, you know, that's... that's no hot burn, seeing. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So how does that contrast from... I mean, are you seeing a lot of... When you go on your travels... I mean, we see it too. We see breweries and you can name a handful, right? You don't have to, but... 12 IPAs, 14 traff lines, and a yeah. seltzer. You know, it's like, what what do you look for when you go and do the, I guess, like, what is it? What would you say, like, the word is, like, you're investigating other breweries and being like, yeah, this yeah, is what I want to do. market research. So what's, what's some stuff that you look for in particular? So I look to see if they have any loggers on tap. And I look for that balanced board because I know they're not brewing to an untapped ranking <laughs> and well well put <laughs> it's clear you know if you walk into a place and they've got all the ipas and all the ipas are above eight mm-hmm. percent that that's probably their goal um yeah. and you know as a consumer i like the very board i like lagers yep. and like uh, having a few beers right like not just one <laughs> exactly um so that's what i'm interested in i'm also interested in the environment of the tasting room yeah. and for sure I'm sitting at the bar um, now that we can, which is great. I'm um, having a conversation with the bartender. Um, you know, I'm not asking for the bartender to be, you know, knowledgeable about every single beer, but to at least have a quick conversation if I have for a question sure. on it. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm looking for. I don't want a place that is all IPAs and that, um, you know, they're churning through the customers to get people their beer into off to a, a seat in the corner right so in the same vein i guess hype beers we see a lot of fruited sours that have lactose in them or we see milkshake ipas or cereal ipas what's your opinion on those uh I, you know i think they're often necessary mm. um so i definitely do uh, more on the stout side we do imperial some, stout some january stouts, yeah. yeah um so we do pastry stouts um uh, we don't do any milkshake IPAs, but 
you know, I have fruited sour on tap, yeah. um, no lactose, but certainly heavily fruited. Um, I think that that's, you know, often necessary to bring an audience in. Yeah, like we've said, I mean, IPA pays the bills sometimes, you yeah. know. Sometimes you just got to do that to bring people in. Yeah. And you have a seltzer on tap now, so clearly you're saying yeah. <laughs> you're aware of the trends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Woonsocket is kind of a working class uh, city. So I'm guessing by all the bar rooms and the restaurants that I pass by, you know, seeing Budweiser signs or Coors Light signs, um, is it hard to get people in here and say, like, hey, we don't have Coors Light, right? Like, we don't have Budweiser, but we have something like this. Like, do you see that in, in a changing of the wave, kind of? So I, I don't see a lot of it. I think people are, at this point, are well aware that when they're coming into a brewery, that number one, um, you know, they're going to pay, you know, six fifty, seven dollars a pour, yep. and that what's going to be available to them, you know, in the summer we had a, you know, pilsner. Well, certainly have lagers in the fall, uh, but there's probably um, nothing comparable to the Bud Light that they may be yeah, looking for. But when right. somebody comes in, usually as part of a group, and asks for the lightest beer that I have, um, I'll walk through what they drink what do they like about what they right. drink yeah <laughs> and then you know give them a couple samples and to see if there's something that they might be interested in yeah for people who are coming in barley wine isn't i don't think i can name 10 there's breweries not many. That there's have like barley a handful that i know yeah um and being a concern to sell you know that 800 beers um how do you converse some people who've never had a barley wine it's a it's a new it's a new it's an old style. An old style, but a new sensation for some people. Yes. You know, like a new yes. Yeah, usually when somebody comes in and asks for the barley wine, um, usually ask if they've had it before. Yeah. Um, and then usually recommend that they have it as part of a tasting flight first um, so that they can try it. And if they like it, then they can get a full pour yeah. of it. <laughs> um, awesome. And usually explain to them that um, usually they say, oh, is it? Is it wine? Right. <laughs> no, I, I understand the question. <laughs> it's yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just let them know, you know what's the experience going to be like of, of tasting it, yeah. that it's going to be very malt forward. You're going to get a little bit of sweetness in the malt, uh, but it is going to have a, a lingering booze on the back end. Definitely. Um, yeah. It's kind of impossible at 12% not to have that. Yep. <laughs> and that's a a nice way to, you know, let them know what to expect so that, you know, if I just pour blindly the barley I'm wine like, for somebody, oh, I don't like this. it's going to be eye-opening to them. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you like having that one-off kind of like, quote unquote, weird, not, I, I, it's not even a it's weird, not beer, weird, but like but uh, something different, some I different guess. beer. Is yeah. that something like educating the, the masses by it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. What what have you, what else have you brewed that's in the same vein like a Grisette or you know? Uh, let's let's see. Um, so we, uh, the Shandy um, was certainly new from from this area standpoint. Nobody else was really putting that out. Um, that, that sounds crazy. That worked well. Yeah, I would think love that a good Shandy, yeah. especially during this time of the year. That yeah. worked well somewhere. And mm -hmm. um, to be honest, also a good old fashioned brown ale. Yeah, I love a brown. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. And that goes back to. You know, breweries that are consistently only doing a few styles. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure that when people come in, um, if they come back, that there's different items on the board for them. Mm. Um, that gets people 
back into the brewery. It gets them trying different styles, um, and it gets you know feedback from me from from that audience on whether um, something is hitting. Definitely. Uh, quick example of that: we did a straight brown ale the first year. Uh, didn't sell well. Um, just didn't do well in general. We did a maple <laughs> brown ale this year. Did wonderfully. Yeah. <laughs> So that, Crazy how that works. That, <laughs> it up just a little bit. <laughs> that kind of shows that you know the the, the hype beers, the, the pastry, like all of those do drive consumers. And mm-hmm. so people are familiar with how maple tastes. So they're like, oh, we all right, know, maple we know what delicious. this tastes like. So that's. <laughs> I mean, it makes no surprise to me why fruit yeah. sours do as well as they do, or. Hazy IPAs when someone says like, "Oh, it tastes like orange juice." It never tastes like orange juice, but <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what's next for you? I mean, what are you, what are the, what are your plans? Any plans for expansion or distribution? <laughs> so, uh, distribution? No. Um, we had did some distribution early on. Um, wasn't particularly successful. Um, not from a selling the beer, but just the logistics around yeah, distribution as a as a very small brewery. Yeah. Um, from a fall standpoint, what, what we've been really focusing on this year is the community and local aspect and really trying to drive the idea of a welcoming tasting room for the entire community and yep. partnering with local organizations to help drive that home. So what we've been doing is a monthly arts festival called Arts in the Alley. Oh, very cool. Where we have a number of local um, artists that set up shop on the alleyway um, adjacent to the building. And we have uh, bands, uh, food trucks. So that's a good way to bring in um, the the community. Uh, we partner with a nonprofit, uh, Downtown Woonsocket Collaborative, that helps you know uh, get the vendors and set that up with us. So that's a big thing that we're going to be doing September, October, into November. Uh, what we're also doing is... A, a homebrew competition. Oh, cool. I was actually going to ask about that. I read yeah. it online, and that sounds really cool. So for the last year, we've been Wait, doing... wait, wait. Before we get into <laughs> the homebrew competition... Do we need a sponsor break? We need a sponsor break. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's keep people waiting. Exactly. Sound guy, Ryan? Cue up the sponsor machine sound. And we're back. Do, do, do. Erica and Ryan, do you think we should join the homebrew competition? Probably. If we had Jenna, well, is that cheating? She's a professional brewer. I don't know. It's cheating. We can't <laughs> join. We can't join. <laughs> <laughs> 
But that's really cool. So you're hosting a competition here, or tell us about that. Yeah, so we've been running a homebrew club um, at Lops Brewing for the last year. We meet once a month. Very cool. Um, we have a group of 12 to 15 oh, wow. uh, nice. homebrewers that uh, come, um, sample beers, we talk about recipes. We try to brew something collaboratively uh, every other month. Uh, either we pick a style or pick an ingredient yeah. or um, some sort of inspiration. Mm-hmm. And what um, Lops is doing is partnering with Blackstone Valley Brewing Supplies, which is about a mile down the street. Oh, nice. um, Charlie Barron that um, owns and runs it. Um, so we're partnering with them to do our first uh, homebrew competition. And cool. it is going to be peer judged, um, not uh, BJCP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'll say up front, there's, yeah, no, right, there's right. no medals involved <laughs> with this. Uh, but the idea is to, to have fun with it. Yeah. Um, so we've uh, just launched it last week. And we're looking to have people register uh, by the end of September. Um, and then to submit the beers to LOPS by Halloween Day. And yep. then the uh, November 7th, Sunday, we'll have um, kind of a celebration of it and the giving out the awards. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're looking to get hopefully around 50 submissions or a week in, and we have 10. So we're, we're doing doing good so far. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should do it. Absolutely. Uh, did you Very do cool. any uh, going back to like your homebrewing days? Did you do any competitions? Uh, I I did not. Did you? So did you wish you did competitions now? Do it knowing what you you know. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, I think that would have been good from a contact and um, to meet other homebrewers mm-hmm. and would have forced me to do uh, other styles. Yeah. Uh, I think it's you know it's a good experience for um, homebrewers and. Uh, what we're trying to do with it not being BJCP is right, to not right. put so much pressure, pressure around it. Yeah. And then also for us to make it a little more manageable. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so definitely. I think if it's affiliated with that, the number of submissions that we'd get probably would be overwhelming for what we're, <laughs> we're trying to do for the first year. It might be, yes. <laughs> we had to do that BJCP uh, for the Strike Match Boil podcast. They were like, yeah, we, oh, we were grading it yes. towards that. And that was stressful. I was yes. like, I don't know. 37 is good or not <laughs> like it was crazy um what's the um rhode island like brewers association like is there any like crazy rules that you're like what the hell is this or like so from a a so we have brewers rhode island brewers guild Guild, okay yep. um, which helps lobby um for changes in the brewing industry and helps uh create you know contacts within it um so I think that's probably pretty standard from a yeah, guild. Definitely. Uh, yeah. From a Rhode Island laws standpoint, and I'll try to curb my language when I <laughs> when I really dive into this. Yes. But so Rhode Island has probably the most restrictive oh, really? uh, brewery rules in the country. In the country, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, so even more than Texas. What? So we're we're only allowed to sell thirty six ounces to somebody who's in the tasting room. Oh, wow. Um, really? Yes. Uh, we're only allowed to sell um, up to two cases um, of 16-ounce cans for somebody who's taking beer to go. Okay. Uh, In a day? How do you, like, even regulate that? You just have to, like, <laughs> memorize it. <laughs> John Smith it, came in. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that was a 100% increase from last year where it was only one case. And they probably oh, just did wow. that because, like, COVID. Like, for here COVID, you go. Right? Thank you. And uh, we cannot self-distribute in any way. Any beer that leaves no self 
to wow. restaurants, to customers outside of that two case. And that two case is truly two cases of cans, not equivalency. So I couldn't sell you a, a six-tail um, to a fit take home case, for, yeah. your, for your kegerator. Right. Wow. wow. So a lot of... That's tough. So a lot of what Rhode Island Brewers Guild has done over the last year or last years and the focus for next year is to revisit these laws, which are fairly restrictive from a brewery standpoint. Yeah. And the idea behind all of them is to, you know, artificially restrict brewery sales. Yeah. Definitely. Especially during, like, COVID and everything. Like, I feel like being able to sell six stills and things like that was so helpful for some small breweries. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, as I'm sure, as you nod your heads, yeah. as you are well aware. Yeah. Um Wow. Rhode Island has a, and it's like this with other states, but Rhode yeah. Island has a very deeply embedded um, system from from liquor standpoint. Mm. Antiquated. antiquated. Very yeah. antiquated, and it's truly lobbyist-driven. Yeah. Um, so whether it be the distributors, Teamsters, uh, restaurant, hospitality, all those groups are we very... The they're established. You're, <laughs> the new, you're the new kids on the block. Almost. They're right. very, very large, very well-funded, and yeah. they don't have any interest in you know, giving an inch to the, the breweries. Interesting. Wow. Massachusetts listeners, yeah. we are very lucky. Count yourself yeah. as lucky. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you think those rules kind of affect the amount of breweries that are in Rhode Island and discourages people maybe from having a brewery in Rhode Island? Um. I think that's a possibility. Okay. Because uh, I know that you... I, do you know how many breweries are in Rhode Island off the top of your head? Uh, let's see. I, it's 33, 34 oh. with a, yeah. at least three or four that are in late stages um, mm-hmm. of development. And how many in, in the Woonsocket area? Uh, just one. Wow. Just, so just you. Just you guys. Yeah. Wow. yeah. We are the number one brewery in Woonsocket. That's a, <laughs> you should make <laughs> a shirt right. with that. <laughs> I love it. But that's so crazy. It's so close to the mass border and everything else. It's like... I think there'd be a few more here. Well, I think if if you're on the fence about opening in Massachusetts or Rhode Island and all things are equal, you're going to open up in Massachusetts. It's just yeah. far more business and brewery friendly. Um, along yeah. with those rules that I talked about, there's other restrictions around opening in terms of, you know, you can't sell beer within 200 feet of a school or a place of worship. Oh, yes. So I'm in... <laughs> I'm oh my in, God! You are literally like I'm within uh, 200 feet. There are seven schools or places of worship, so I had to have a bill passed in the Rhode Island Senate and House to get an exemption. <laughs> oh, well, congrats! <laughs> oh my God, that's crazy. it's just so funny because I mean, we want to promote you know local business, right? right. We we do promote local business, but I think everyone has this idea. It's like we want to support local. It's just a lot of the things get held up with antiquated rules and. Local politics. It's so tough. It's so crazy. Kids might come here and drink after school. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so let's get off the topic of anyway, politics. Yeah, yeah. But um, things. <laughs> I mean, in a, in a perfect world, you you said no, no, no distribution. But if you could self-distro, do you think you you would? I think so. I, I, there's definitely an appetite um, within the, the local restaurant market. I get a lot of requests for for beer. Uh, that would be helpful. Yeah. Um, certainly, yeah. especially in months where we have some excess inventory, mm-hmm. um, and to be able to, you know, 
for some of the places to be able to roll the keg down the street. I was going to say, you're pretty close, <laughs> right? Crazy. So. Yeah. A restaurant, you know, would be great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what's coming up next for you right now? So we're, you know, certainly focusing on the, the fall events and the fall beers, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, really it's going to be, you know, figuring out what's next for us. Yeah. Um, so we like the space that we're in. Uh, we like Winsocket. We've had a... Uh, what we feel to be a really successful uh, first two years in, in business, given the the, the, <laughs> the given the environment. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Uh, yeah. But we're certainly restricted by uh, space limitations. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll look at uh, what we want to do longer term, and you know I don't think that we're going to be leaving Winsocket anytime soon. Yeah. And even if we looked for another space, I think that we would keep this one running, just given you know how well it's doing and. Um, but at some point we'll outgrow it and we'll want you know yeah. something a little bigger. I definitely yeah. hope you do outgrow it, but I will say I love little tap rooms like yeah, this. Yeah, it's very charming. It's yeah. very charming, yeah. and you've done a great job. It looks great. Yep. Yeah. Colors on the wall nice. are perfect. It's very yeah. relaxing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I first came to visit this building, it was completely gutted. It's a old mill building from 1891. Get out. Um, so this first floor uh, was wide open. Yeah. I just walked in, you know, we have 15-foot uh, ceilings with a brick wall that runs the length of the tasting room. And I walked in, and I saw that, and I said, okay, this will work. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. We hear, Perfect. we hear, let's let's do it. And then we hear the, we looked at 200 places. Yeah, and then right, right. the last one that the guy came well, to, we were yeah. like, we're so done. We just did it. Well, I, I left out that um, I was told no on about 50, yeah. oh, geez. 50 uh, other right, spots. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We lucked out on this one. <laughs> so with uh, approximately, you know, just north of 30 breweries in, in Rhode Island, uh, what's the collaboration scene like? Do you do any collaborations with other breweries? Uh, so we, we really haven't been that aggressive on the collaboration scene. Um, being one of the smaller ones, um, it's certainly tough to you know, collaborate. Usually of course. Yeah. You know, people want to yeah. collaborate up and right, that... Right. that <laughs> does make it tough. Um, we've done a couple of collaborations with Providence Brewing, which have gone well. Nice. They're a similar cool. size uh, yeah. brewery. Um, what I've seen more frequently in terms of not just collaborations, but, you know, assistance, um, whether it be uh, Buttonwoods down in Cranston that has um, been canning beer for us, wow. uh, which has been unbelievable and very uh, generous for them, yeah. awesome. from them. Uh, Ravenous in Cumberland, which used to be in Woonsocket, you know, have helped out, you know, in a pinch when, you know, you start brewing and you realize that you are a, a bag short of oats or something yep, and, and yep. you know, you, you, <laughs> you got to get it. Uh, you know, Ravenous has been a great partner um, both ways in terms of helping us out. Same with Bravo um, that's in um, Pasco, Rhode Island. So I see more collaboration in terms of, of helping one another out. Um, and I'd like to over the next year um, do some collaborations, yeah. but it it is tough to to match up. Yeah. Um, you want to make sure that you're not just reaching out to somebody because you're going to get uh, the more favorable press right. out of it. Right. You want to make sure that you know the beers that you've had from the place that you want to collaborate with um, kind of fit into what style that you're trying to get at. Yeah. So it it is difficult. You see a lot of collaborations in the industry and you know from my standpoint like how would those two breweries have ever 
gotten together. Right. Um, but Brian, <laughs> but they did. This is a soundbite. You got to blast this one. Out. <laughs> uh, so we we want to collaborate. We will. So we will over the next year. It's yeah. just making sure that. Um, the brewery that we're going to collaborate with is comfortable with who, yeah. what we're doing and what we're bringing as opposed to us just right. showing up and there's a recipe that's already made and yeah. we're just putting Your our names name on, on there yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Hey, we're yeah. Here. yeah, for sure, for sure. Cool. Yeah. I'm, cool. I'm good with questions. No, that, this was great. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, we want our listeners and anyone who is a fan of Lops to come to your brewery. So where are you physically located? So we're located at uh, 122 North Main Street in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. We are open seven days a week, uh, Monday through well, good Thursday. Good for you with a family. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah, good for you. Monday to Thursday, 4 to 8. Uh, Friday, Saturday, 12 to 9. And Sunday, 12 to 6. Um, all of the uh, beer releases and events can be found um, at Lops Brewing at any of the social media sites or lopsbrewing.com. Perfect. You guys have great hours. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Prime hours. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, Erica, cool. your favorite Ryan yeah. question ever? Yeah, my favorite Ryan question. <laughs> um, what would you like to learn more about? Uh, I think that what... Um, probably yeast. Yeah. That's a big mystery. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, <laughs> I think that... And it's with a lot of ingredients. You fall into the habit of using what's worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And using combinations, we'll take the hops, for example, using hop combinations that work. Yeah. And it's tough to try out something new, just going back to the where it's got to work and I got to sell 800 of them. Definitely. So, um, <laughs> and on the yeast side, it's there's incredible strands of yeast out there. There's, yeah. There's you know, tons of them out there. <laughs> and it's just. You could spend a lifetime studying and it, probably not scratch the surface. But putting aside the time to research to restat reach out to the companies who are more than happy to walk through what you're trying to do yeah um, what's the beer style what's the flavor profile what do you want it to do how many iterations do you want to get out of the yeast and all of those things um so that's kind of the first um you know the, the number one thing that over the next year what I want to make sure that I'm doing is the, the due diligence to make sure that each of the beers is paired up with the correct and the best yeast. That's cool. Yeah. I think that'll be helpful. I definitely think yeah. so. Yeah. So, Sean, thank you for doing this yeah. today. Oh, thank, thank you. you. This yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah, Great. we appreciate That's it. Good. <laughs> and we wish you all the success, seriously. And I, I'm excited to come down again and bring some friends and, and enjoy sure. the day, see some live music. Awesome. It'd be great to have you. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, cheers. Cheers. Well, it was pretty cool that we got to Rhode Island. People are going to stop being on our back about not going to the closest state near us. I know. About time. Yeah, but I can't wait to go back, actually. Yeah, no, I mean, we've only made a little dent. I mean, there isn't many breweries in Rhode Island, um, as we learned during this interview. So it shouldn't be that hard to get a good chunk of them. Maybe, Maybe we'll actually have more interviews in Rhode Island than we do in Massachusetts. Percentage-wise. Percentage-wise? Ooh, that's a good... That's You know what? That should be a goal. That should be a goal. I really want to get Narragansett, and I'm not just, like, talking about this because I just had the beer, but their Fest beer is awesome. Their is Boston it? Lager. Oh, I'm not so surprised. Good. Very good. But uh, Lops had awesome beer there. Uh, and I, really cool space. So yeah. uh, we encourage all our listeners to go there. Ryan, who do we have on deck next week? Well, we got our new friends, Trillium. 
That's right. Which you may or may not have heard of. Which is probably our most requested episode. It is. We put those polls out and we finally listened. Yeah. Well, again, like we said in the interview, it's uh, it's not that we don't think that we could have, you know, gotten or could not have gotten them. It's just like we're both busy, you know? We're busy. So, but our paths finally aligned and we're able to sit down and had a good old time. It's an awesome interview. So, you are going to have to wait a whole week. Oh, no. I know. I don't. Until then. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>